You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Thursday. If you've been following this podcast feed, you know that every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we do our special five-minute morning episodes. Tuesday, we're breaking down maybe an event or a camp, and Thursdays have been a bit more lax. We take a step back and look at something from a bigger picture standpoint, and this is what we're doing here today with Bud Elliott. He's a national analyst for 24-7 Sports. But I wanted, first of all, to, to thank you for joining us. But but secondly, you always bring kind of the, the nerd out of me when it comes to deep dive and looking at numbers and statistics and, and looking correlation. There's a lot of you, I think, outside of a- anyone on the national analyst team, think outside the box. And what we wanted to discuss here on this podcast was the rate of commitments here midway through the month of June for this 2022 class is relatively low compared to what we've seen in other years. And, and there's various reasons why that is. Blair, I, I know you have that, that nerd side in you. I'm just trying to bring that out on the pod. I, I feel honestly, like I go, I feel like I'm back at the, the college library. It is stashed away in the corner, right? Dusting some books some encyclopedias. And I, I put my glasses on. I'm trying to, you know, come up with a thesis of some sort. You know, b- back when I was at SB Nation, you know, for about a decade, I, I knew I wasn't going to beat 24-7 on all the scoops because they just have such an incredible national team. And if you're on the group text with us, like like we, we know stuff's happening long before it's going to happen. So I had to try to carve out that that niche. And uh, that was something that I just thought 24-7 wasn't doing quite as much of. And it's something I, I enjoy looking at at the market trends and, and really how it impacts college football as a whole. But you're right. We are seeing a, a lot fewer uh, players commit so far in the month of June than we have in prior years. And I'm, I'm throwing out last year because that was a kind of a pandemic weird calendar. But if, if you look, Blair, at the, uh, the 2019 class, we had 597 kids commit in June. The 2020 class had 676 guys. Right now, we're only pacing for 186. Like, that's, that's a huge drop-off. And I, I look at these numbers every week because I, I'm in a, a meeting where we talk about, like, our pacing and our content numbers. And I'm like, well, guys... You do realize we have like 400 fewer kids pacing uh, to write about committing in the month of June than normal. And there's a lot of different reasons why. And and you've been on this podcast and you've told us, you know, you, we ha- we've had some theories as to why some of that stuff is. But there's a lot of different layers to this, right? Not only have visits been affected and we were, we're only two weekends into the opening of, of the recruiting world per se, but there's also the, the other aspect of it where coaches maybe aren't ready to take some commitments because they've they haven't had the exposure to some of these players. And then there's a third layer to this that is probably a little deeper, but it affects your favorite college football team. And I'm talking to the listener now because coaches, assistants, everyone within a program now has to start juggling the roster sizes and the numbers and depending on uh, how many seniors are going to be back and, and the transfer portal. And there's so many different parts to this that is now affecting this 2022 class and the rate of commitments as well. Exactly. So I I think we can generally break it down 
if you're a recruit out there and you haven't already committed, you've waited basically 15 months to visit a lot of these college campuses. What's three or four more weeks? You probably have quite a few visits lined up in the month of June. And and do you really want to go ahead and make a commitment upon seeing your first campus in person and, and being able to interact with coaches in person? Probably not. Like I think most of these kids who have had the patience to wait it out are cool with seeing three or four schools before they make a commit. And on the other side, there's a lot of stuff coaches have to deal with. So for this season, if you're one of those super seniors, I was calling them COVID seniors, but that's really kind of insensitive. So, and it kind of implies they had COVID, which most of them probably didn't. I think we made a joke on this podcast that we were going to come up with t-shirts. And now I guess looking back at it, that was a very inappropriate joke to make. <laughs> but I mean, thankfully we didn't get those t-shirts made. I, I, I remember that. The, the super seniors, I almost called them COVID seniors again. The super seniors for this year, they don't count against your 85 scholarship cap. And the 85 is just what you have to be at every year. But going forward, because a lot of schools don't want to pay for all these extra scholarships, because if you do it in football due to Title IX, you have to do it in all the other sports. All the schools I talk to are anticipating that the NCAA is not going to have a rule where they don't count against the 85. So they still get their extra year, but you as a school have to get down to 85 scholarships. Whereas we know that some schools this year are carrying over 100 kids on scholarship. So a lot of these schools are working with either the certainty that they don't have very many spots to offer or the uncertainty of how many spots they'll have to offer because they don't actually know if these kids are going to elect to come back, assuming that they're a school that will basically take the kid back and not just kick them out, which we know some schools will do anyway. So if we're forecasting, and that's what we do, I mean, we have the crystal ball over at 24-7 Sports, but I think I'm trying to wonder, are we ever going to get to that same number of commitments at the finish line? Is there going to be a huge drop-off in total commitments? Because I know we're pacing to fall short of that, but at some point, is there going to be a return to normalcy? I think in a couple of years, we, we will definitely be back to it. But I, Blair, I'm not convinced that, that the time is going to be this year. I mean, even if we have, let's say schools elect to take, I don't know, four transfers on average instead of four high school players, if all 130 schools take four transfers, which is probably not that crazy, you're looking at 500 fewer scholarships that would normally probably go to high school players. Yeah. I don't know that they're they're going to catch up this year. I, I do know that junior college coaches and prep coaches are extremely happy because the quality of player they're going to get this year who just ended up with a spot elsewhere is a lot higher than it usually will be. Yeah, we're joined by Bud Elliott. He's a national analyst for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at BudElliott3. Now, Bud, you bring up a great point, and this is why I think college football fans should be super excited, and not, not COVID excited, but super excited. I think the quality of college football is going to rise, right? Like these college teams are taking high caliber prospects. The only ones that they would even offer, right? The only ones that they would even take. And then you're bringing in experience, you're bringing in talented experience, and then you're going into the portal and filling needs. So in terms of quality, in terms of the games, in terms of competitiveness, this might be the golden era of college football. There's no doubt. So on the Cover 3 podcast the other day, I, I, I had on our, our UCLA expert from Bruin Report Online. And I, I was joking. I said, you know, UCLA has a historically high returning production score. Like, How much creative stuff is Chip Kelly going to be able to do with a team that basically returns like 21 starters? We're going to see a really high quality uh, of football play this year and next just due to, I, I think, a lot of the talent is going to trickle up to the best schools. And then some of the schools that are maybe not always that great, they're going to be very experienced. I think we'll see fewer dumb mistakes and, and just silly uh, youthful mistakes because there are so many 
older players who are staying around to play another year of college football. Yeah. Or, I mean, I, I think you're just setting up LSU fans for that trip to Pasadena. I, I think what you're telling them is be ready for a, a dogfight. You know, uh, a, a kid from your neck of the woods, Jay Toya, uh, I, I was speaking with our, our Michigan writers, and they were telling me that Michigan was thinking he was probably going to start for Michigan. So now that he's at UCLA, that could be a big-time deal for the Bruins. I, I did not forecast getting on a Bruins depth chart talk here on this pod, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think that's a cakewalk game for LSU. I mean, I know LSU out-recruits UCLA, but I mean, do you want to play the most experienced team in the country week one? That's, yeah. that's not a cakewalk. I, I mean, we we talk UCLA here because this they were pretty successful in utilizing the transfer portal, and I think they're the perfect example of some of those teams that are being methodical. They, along with Clemson, are not hosting any official visitors this month, so I think they are taking their time and they're trying to figure out what their scholarship numbers are going to be looking like. So that's a perfect example there. And, and Bud, before we let you go, obviously this is you know a great piece that you had up on twenty four seven Sports. Uh, our listeners can look for it. I guess they can search June commitments are lagging way behind normal pace. That's the the title of the article. But from from your perspective and, and kind of the way you look at numbers, what are you expecting in the coming months? I don't know if we're going to get to that final commitment number, but are you expecting a, a lot of activity before the season starts? Are you expecting a lot of activity to take over maybe once the games begin? When are we going to see some of these commitments in your opinion? opinion so i I do think that most commitments blair will will mostly be done by the early signing period just like they've been done before the early signing period uh in in recent years that that i don't think will change so i think your question spot on we have to figure out where these commitments will be compressed into if they're not going to happen in june Uh, my guess is july is pretty likely i think that will give it give players an opportunity to have visited multiple schools that that they've spoken with now in some cases I do think that schools are not going to green light kids to commit because they're waiting to see maybe what a school they compete with, uh, what, what level of player that school turns down. So maybe some of these commitments made in July will be placeholders or like a dinner reservation, you know, something you can flip from pretty easily. Uh, but I think July will be a very busy month for commitments, whereas this month it's mainly been, think about what we're writing, right? Trends and kids visiting places, just you know, t- seeing them for the first time, first impressions of actually meeting these guys in person, future plans, setting up officials. I think July will be a pretty heavy month for commitments, and then we'll probably see uh, maybe a steadier trickle, I guess, of commitments happen in the fall than normal because we are going to see schools finding more room somehow or deciding that they do want to take a player now who they didn't think they'd have room for in the summer. Th- those type of scenarios, I think, are are more complicated in in this weird COVID year where everybody has to get down to the 85. Bud Elliott, super analyst and UCLA death chart (laughs) expert joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much, Bud. Enjoy your weekend. And yeah, man, I I do feel like maybe you and I can can get back on this show in July and, and try to rehash some of these numbers again and give the listeners kind of an updated look at, at everything. I think it'll be a cool thing to do every month. Well, let's do it. And, and just one thing for, for the listeners out there, if you're on your team site page on, on 24-7 Sports and you click commitments, you're going to see the players that are committed to that team. But if you go to the national homepage and you click football recruiting and you just scroll down to commits, you can actually see a list of every person who is committed in chronological order. So if you want to follow this in real time as the month goes on, just check that every couple of days and see how many players have actually committed. 
Great insight there from Bud Elliott. You can follow him on Twitter at Bud Elliott3. He's a national analyst for 24-7 Sports. For Bud Elliott, I am Blair Angulo. Thanks so much for listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast.